Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's that's got to be the intro. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the destructive Dawnsel. Gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? Al, how are you? Uh, I'm right. Thirsty. A little bit gassy, too. <laughs> Just a touch, yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough. Um, what have you been up to? Tell us some things. You were on um, You were on my TV. Yesterday. I was on your TV, yes. So um, yesterday was uh, volume six, um, if it was some sort of Quentin Tarantino project, uh, of the Virtually Crafty Online Digital Craft Festival. Um, Catchy title. It is, yeah. Um, and... It was so. I think the first the first time I went on this, right? It was like, oh, let's do a, a hack shack project and see what hmm. we can do in an hour. And I built the, the bar and I installed the beer and stuff. And he's like, yeah. oh, that's fun. That's a fun thing to do in an hour. And then the next time it was like, oh, what what other project can I do in an hour? And instead, I kind of shifted the goals and I was like, don't try and create something. Yeah, you know, I know I can create something. I know I can make something in an hour. You know, fun little small projects, whatever. It was like, what about just doing something you've never done? You know, getting out of your comfort zone, being a little bit destructive and just like, I've got people's attention for an hour. Um, You piqued my curiosity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just see what we can do, you know? And and Mm -hmm. so so last time I was like, right, can can we take existing objects and somehow turn them into a smoker? You know, mm-hmm. like take take a take a beer keg and a gas canister, take an angle grinder to them. I got told off for the angle grinder thing, actually. Even I though um, a regular fool, I won't name and shame. Um, and I just got a message. It was like, ha ha! I love how you said, uh, "Be careful uh, drilling holes in gas canisters," and gave a big like public service announcement about how unsafe it was to. Mm. Uh, use old gas canisters and make sure it's you fill it with water and blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. But then you just turned the angle grinder upside down with no guard on and like fired it in your face. Yeah. And and I, I took I took the um, constructive criticism on the chin and I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Blah, blah, blah. And then like about a day later, I realized I did all of that on purpose. So the reason that I had the angle grinder upside down was a to fire sparks at the camera, so yeah. it'd be it would look cool on on the live mm. stream. B, because I was live streaming off my laptop, which was on the <laughs> desk next to me, so I couldn't have the um, yeah. grinder the other way up because it was it was literally covering the uh, the laptop in in metal swath, yeah, and and like I had to like hoover it afterwards, and it was covered. So that by the end of the stream, I'd actually covered my whole laptop in like a tea towel, so nothing <laughs> could get under it. So that's why it was upside down. It was part showing off, part. Yeah. Um, not trying to destroy my computer. <laughs> anyway, I, I digest. Um, so this week, it, it was the same thing again. Like, what can we do that we've never done before? Yeah. And will likely end in disaster, but hopefully we'll be entertaining <laughs> for an hour. And it's like, can I strip down a whole engine in an hour? Yeah. Um, turns out you can't. Well, it's, you certainly can't if you don't have the tools. Yeah. But you probably can't even if you did have the tools. But it was worth it. It was worth a go. Um so I'd say I got about halfway through, uh, mm-hmm. and then just had to end because it, I, I was I was I'd li- I was literally snapping tools off in, in the head. Yeah. So it was just like I, I, that. I, yeah, I, I'm I'm not fit for purpose, um, <laughs> but it was fun, uh, and it was, I got some good advice, and I think there's some people watching and stuff. So, but then this morning, actually went and got the proper tool, just a simple like socket, like yeah. five, five five bucks is all it, all it needed. Um, Actually, right for the job, break a bar, head off. So now I've dismantled the whole engine, nice. um, which is super fucking satisfying. Yeah, um, smells great. Actually, in really good condition. Um, there's no damage to anything. And then I managed to just, um, I think I might null it all out and just get really super nerdy with it and just probably yeah, yeah. like get my null game on. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was satisfying to do. And again, it probably only took another hour just to strip everything down. Yeah. So, um, bit of satisfaction followed from frustration and disappointment, but you know yeah. that's life, right? Awesome. I mean, I 
I got to watch a little bit of it whilst I was uh, waiting around in a queue. Um, and were you yeah, at Orton Towers? Uh, no, I was. I was actually at Haynes, Mo- Park. Haynes Motor Museum. Oh, very nice. But getting my jab, so not not that exciting. Um, but, what's, the, uh, what's the US equivalent of Haynes, Brett? What what your car manuals called? Car manuals? Yeah, you know, you get like a, a book for like a car. Yeah, and it comes from like the same brand. And they make the all owner's the... manual. Yeah, no, not no. So not uh, the official one. There's like a company that makes them. So in the UK, it's Haynes. In the states, is there not like a a, um, a publisher that makes all the car manuals? Sidetrack. Sidetrack. <laughs> yeah. the, the look on Brett's face. I'm I'm kind of thinking either there's not. Or I thought there was. He, I, th- I thought he's never like, bought one. Oh no, no, no! What you're thinking of is uh, Brady Games' official gaming guide for. There we the, go. The yes, the Doring Kindersley of uh, game manuals. <laughs> um, I still own two Brady Games video game guides. <laughs> Nice. I think I got Final Fantasy. I have seven. Seven? Yeah. I have seven. And Grand Theft Auto 3. I had all Wind... the maps and everything. I have Wind Waker, Ooh. which is all of the treasure locations in the sea. Um Yeah. Uh no, it no. was really it was really fun watching you uh dismantle it. Um so did you notice the uh, exceptional camera work? I did. So we had we had an assistant in the shack uh, no. because, because Caro has made her way through various um, legal loopholes and yes. uh, invasive nasal inspections <laughs> oh <my> uh, <laughs> in order to get in the country. Um, but yeah, it was great. It was so much less stressful because yeah, the whole panicking camera turning off mm-hmm. uh, thing was just so much easier with two people. Yeah, so much better. <laughs> And also, she took some really lovely photos of you. You looked so good. It was so. I made poo poo my new phone uh, because what it's phone not, is it? It's a Pixel, but uh, it's because it's not a Sony, and it's the first time since two thousand and one that I haven't yeah. had a Sony phone. Um, so good though. The 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 depth of field camera because it has different lenses. So the one with the shallow depth of field, like yeah. the super low f stop, is just gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I um, I I think me J- me and Joe have both had pixels for the last couple of years. Nah. Like, um, the, my last couple of phones have been pixels, and um, we finally like Jimmy was on a uh, a Sony Xperia, I think, beforehand. Um, and he's finally like he's joined us with getting a a pixel. Um, and he's he's now like now all I need to do is get a Volvo, and I'm going to be a proper member of the team. <laughs> <laughs> um unlike al though who is still on an iphone because he's a child Ugh. um so yeah that's unfortunately um, talking to brett what you been up to <laughs> it's me <clears throat> wait is it my turn am i yeah. actually going steve you weren't yeah, gonna yeah. do a lead-in oh, okay he did it uh so in a proper destructive manner the last week of my life has been spent uh, completely gutting my tiny bathroom in my tiny house and learning everything I could possibly learn about the construction of my place. Um, I think I mentioned that I had redone the electrical wiring uh, because I needed to put a new service panel on the outside for the power company. I got to learn how my plumbing was done and then uh, make a bunch of mistakes about rehanging my shower fixtures and uh, to the point where um, I would go outside to test if my lines were pressurized and I had sealed them correctly. I would crack the main water valve and then the shower head would just turn on even though it was in the off position and having to figure out why the hell, like certain things were turning on and turning off. But during the demo, I'm like, I undid the uh, the feed line that goes to your toilet so that I could move the toilet and replace it with the other one. And then when I turned the thing on and the shower head turned on, I also just had an open piece of brass pipe or copper pipe that just started spewing water out because there was no cap on it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably. It's for attention. the bidet, Brett. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's a wall-mounted bidet. It's a very odd position that you have to get in to utilize it. Um but yeah, I got to the point where I um, 
I went to the hardware store 500 times because I kept forgetting things or I was using the improper things. Um, and luckily things like Google and forums for people that just go on to discuss what kind of mud and tape you should use. There's, there's pages and pages of people just discussing what is the best mud and tape for your drywall versus your shower pan, whatever. For the non-Atlantic listeners, uh, he's talking about plastering the wall. Yeah, but, but not doing it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, nobody outside of America calls it mud. Oh, all right. Well, and we also don't do what you do. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I replaced. I can't even say replaced. I put insulation in the ceilings, which was non-existent. Um, that made a huge difference with the space just being a little bit cooler, and. Like I hung the shower pan, the cement board shower pan stuff. I poured my mortar for the bed of it. I've got tiles on the way. Did the mudding and taping. I'm doing all this plastering process, actual plastering process in the future. And amidst all of this, I think the best thing to come out of the week is, I think it was almost exactly a week ago, I was over there and I saw my first Gary, my little ground squirrel that we have over here at the Maker Ranch. Um, and then a couple of days later, uh, Jess actually came out nice enough to come out and just hang out for a bit. And we had a bite to eat. I was asking her some questions about how she had already done a bathroom. So I was just asking some advice Two Gary's that day. Now there are four Gary's, one of which is it's called a Mojave ground squirrel. They're very blonde and pale, and they are just one single color and they are sand. And they're a lot more skittish. Like, like, true? Like, them. like, are we talking kind like of. Pokemon? Kind of. It's like <laughs> Sandshrew. But they're, the Garys are kind of prevalent. You see them running around all over the place. These little blondies. like you, We call them blondies. But you never really see them. And I think it's just because they're so much better camouflaged with hmm. that just one sand color. Yeah, so you I know, right, you know the, the, the stripy, not squirrel, not chipmunk squirrels? That Jess yes. gets very protective of what type of squirrel they are. Um, like in my head, they are like living in trees and like there's no or, trees or, in the desert. No, but this is what I mean. Like they, they look out of place in the desert, as opposed to Brett's blonde, sandy colored <laughs> affairs that seem much more suited to living in the desert. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know how it works because the <laughs> the Garys just kind of live underneath the piles of wood that I have. Hmm. And I actually saw the little blondie go into a burrow, like into a hole by one of the bushes. And I was like, well, that's where you live. But the other guys just seem to <laughs> run around. The trash. Definitely. Trash burrows. Trash burrows. Mm -hmm. um, I did see a, a really gnarly looking um, bird of prey that's just a scavenger. What's what's the fucking word I'm trying vulture. to think of? Yeah. Oh, there's like the... Eh. Is, there, is there a vulture eagle? Did I imagine that? It's like a really, really ugly eagle vulture. Turkey vulture. That's, That's what it. it's called. Yes. And a turkey vulture. Your um your bathroom endeavor. Oh Brett, yeah. Sounds very Montgomery-esque. Did he did he give you any um valuable input into no? Not particularly. He does I like mean, a bathroom every week. Like <laughs> I know, but it's it's a bit different, right? Okay. There's there's two different approaches. Like I needed to gut it and redo it. And like the most recent one that he did on his house, which he's planning on doing a longer format one, but <clears throat> the idea of renovating a, a bathroom and being able to use all of the pre-installed everythings, like I went for a full gut and <clears throat> the cement board stuff that I'm using is specific to like either retiling or what I'm going to end up doing this lime plastering stuff. So, um, while while there are similarities, because I think there's only so many ways to skin a cat bathroom, cathroom, the way that I'm doing it is, I don't even know if I would say more DIY friendly because it's it's a bit more time intensive, but it's really like buying the, you're purchasing all of the parts and materials and there's very little pre-made to it. Oh, note, note to anybody out there that's going to buy Hardy Backer Board, Hardy Board is the brand that it's called. It's got this grid system. And it's this cement fiberboard stuff that's, you know, compressed together when it's created and they churn it out in these sheets. There's a grid like squished into it, right? So you can do all your measurements. Guess what? It's not square <laughs> to the board. 
It's square to itself. It's yeah. square to itself. If yeah. you only use the grid, it's square to itself. But if you actually try and pay attention to like how the grid the and the board, the board. Are, I didn't realize it until I had done two or three pieces where I was like, why, why are these <laughs> looking so wonky? Like the, the squares go weird. And I'm like, but the board's level. So I guess if you had some sort of like laser level and you go yeah. off the grid, it would work. It just, mm. it's so dumb. So I, I, can't get, I can't get over the fact that it's called Hardy Board. And I've got, <laughs> I've got visions of like dudes with dreads jumping off ladders and like smashing through it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing swanton bombs and stuff. There you go. Nice callback. Um, <laughs> other Alex will appreciate that because he watches wrestling still. Still. Wow. Even now there's no wrestlers left. Mm. <laughs> Anyhow, that's it for me. It's been a lot of deconstruction, reconstruction, and then learning a lot about the process um, and like genuinely how to make things sound because they are, it's for your house, right? Like you could put something together and just be able to look at it like a set piece or a vignette like I've done for the various workshops that I've created or like the little workshop spaces I've created. It's something entirely different when you go, this has to last for a while or I have yeah. to redo it. And especially when you're doing the plastering, you obviously you're like covering up screw holes and doing all these things. And you're like, if I don't do this right, I'm going to cover everything up. And if I have to fix it, I not only have to like cut it all off and chew through screws and plaster and everything. It's just, it's a much different approach knowing that you have to, you have to make things uh, sound and safe and, and, and long lasting. Pun not intended, but you're talking about making things sound. I was watching um, everyone's favorite Geordie, Andy yes. Mack, um, the Gosforth Handyman. Yes. Um, yeah, Gosforth's a district of Newcastle. He's a Geordie. Um, and he is a drummer. And he was basically, he's obsessed with soundproofing. Oh, okay. So he's building like a shed out in the garden where he can he can build a drum studio but then in his house he's like oh because it's a semi-detached um i don't want to hear the neighbors and i don't want the neighbors to hear me blah 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 yeah. and fucking hell the process he went through to soundproof the walls so talking about the the drywall brett and just a bit of mm. bit of mud and tape he was like floating drywall so it doesn't touch the wall and it yeah. doesn't touch the edges because that would cause vibrations yeah so it's like floating on like rubber mounts oh wow yeah, and then on that drywall, he then puts, like, insulation, so, like, four inches of insulation, which is also soundproofing, mm -hmm. and then a second skin of drywall. What? Battened on, so you've yeah. got basically, like, a, a sandwich. Yeah. And then on top of that is, like, um, that really heavy, like, tar, rubber, oh, um, yeah. deadening stuff, like the stuff you put mm -hmm. in a car. So like mm -hmm. dead sound, and then you like uh, plaster and paint and stuff and stuff. Oh my god! And it's like, and it, and it, but basically, it's just like you can't hear a fucking thing. <laughs> 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 but he's he's gone to that much effort because he's, um, you know, upset. I think I think I, th I think he was actually an audio technician in a previous life. Mm -hmm. um, so he's obviously built like like um, you know sound rooms and kind mm -hmm. of studios and stuff. Um, yeah. But the reason I'm banging on about this did, does that come across anything you're trying to do or is just living in the desert in the middle of nowhere on your own i don't care about how much sound i make or what outside makes sound or do you care about those things i mean <clears throat> yeah and i know we're thermal insulation aside yeah purely yes audio. thermal insulation aside. um i used a bit of material on the inside of the forge when i was doing the little shop build out mm. um it's quite a bit more expensive uh, like the, the cost is just so much higher to buy this really thick stuff that is not only like a fire retardant insulation, even more so than your standard fiberglass stuff, but it's very dense and it says soundproofing as well. And there's one section of my wall where I just wanted to try it out and see if it worked. Um, and I put it specifically behind the coal forge more for the fire protection than anything else. But this stuff, I, I've seen a couple of videos of people using this stuff, and even just that behind drywall really makes a huge difference. If you're standing outside of the house, like you cannot hear what's going on inside. There are aspects of what I'm doing that, like I'm I'm mulling that over. 
especially the the bigger the project gets like if i can finish and get all the coding and zoning out of the way i have ideas to build out you know from the space yeah. and i would really like to be able to have a drum set again even if it's for like a short period of time i miss yeah. drums and i know the concrete floor is going to be nightmarish for that right like you're just going to get tons and tons of reflective sound so if i can create a secondary space that i could maybe have a drum kit and my bass and my guitar yeah. hooked up in how can i make that effectively soundproof but also not destroy me in the heat you know <laughs> like i can't let it be an oven more so yeah. for the the instruments than anything like if you overheat your amp or overheat mm. your yeah yeah the wood and the guitar you can get all kinds of weird warping and stuff and that's that's me saying that like if you're obsessive and you put everything back in a case and then you have your hydration module in there and you're doing all your I've just got visions of you like in a in a humidor. <laughs> like, like you're a precious cigar, just like play like, all my musical yeah. instruments. Oh my god. But yeah, there's there's parts of that like I don't really have neighbors. I don't really have an issue with making too yeah. much noise as it stands. And the neighbors that I do have are cool and relaxed. Yeah. There's and nothing external well. coming in though. It's not like you've got to block out the coyotes oh <laughs> no honestly no like cool. i'm <clears throat> so far so good um obviously i'm not spending any time over there at night because mm. I, I can't physically sleep over there it's just still too warm um but you know maybe by the time i get power and actually get like a air conditioning unit set up we'll figure out pretty quick if there's like i i live close enough to there's an air force base that's the big thing is there's an air yeah. force base 10 or 15 miles away from me and they do testing um i'm pretty sure i saw a ufo with jess a couple weeks ago and we could talk about that if you guys really want to but it was super super strange um and they do like bomb testing or explosive testing destructive testing yeah and i we can hear from over here clear as day so i can only assume that being 20 miles closer uh, we may run into some issues in the middle of the <laughs> night. Yeah. But that's it for me. Uh, I know we're just already kind of diving into more than just what I've been up to this week. But Steve, I want to hear what you've been up to, brother. Uh, not a lot. Uh, I say not a lot. Just a lot of work stuff. Um, as I alluded to just now, I had my second jab yesterday. Uh, so today I feel like microwaved dog shit, um, but uh, uh, yeah, I feel fucking awful. Uh, and especially seeing as I got no sleep because uh, apparently it, it it made me turn into the Red Smith and not be able to sleep for 12 hours. Um, but yeah, other than that, like this week's actually been been quite a good, busy, fun week. Um, I, I don't remember what I did before. For Wednesday, because um, it was a long time ago. Uh, but um, Thursday evening, I had uh, Joel. In fact, no, I remember Tuesday went over and did some work on the truck. Um, and then Wednesday, I did something else. And Thursday, uh, I went back over to the garage um, with my nephew Joel um, and started to teach him to weld. Um, so we did a little bit of uh, stick welding. And then went on to to MIG. Um, I just kind of like, just basically just got him to run a couple beads and see how he got on with it. And then try sticking a couple bits of metal together um, and just kind of showing him like, uh, I, I set the machine up, but just letting him squirt hot metal out um, mm -hmm. and kind of like going through like, you know, you need to complete the circuit and it works because of this. And if you do, mm -hmm. if you change this, that that's what happens. Um, and like showing him what it's like when you weld without any gas on and, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, it was only a very brief um, kind of lesson. I think we only spent like an hour and a half or so, so doing it. Um, but he really enjoyed it. Um, he picked it up really, really quick. So um, I'm hoping we can have a few more evenings where we do some stuff like that. Because um, it was just nice getting getting to see him kind of get excited and and figure out some new stuff. Um, so yeah, that was good. Um, and that was Thursday after work. And then after that, uh, came back from my dad's, uh, dropped Joel home and on the way, picked up some fish and chips, then went 
back over to good uh, call we had fish and chips on friday night it was a game changer not had them for ages yeah well i picked some up because um a a lovely young man i say young he's over 40 so he's basically dead um but uh mr mark peacock from uh deer of a craftsman um was down for the uh the axe class that we had mm-hmm. on friday um so yeah thursday took over some fish and chips for him because he he'd eaten a pork pie since leaving wales and that was it that man um, hasn't had a carb since 2002 <laughs> about fish and chips i know um yeah so we we ended up eating that in the pub car park and then going in and have a couple of pints in um in the local pub uh next to the forge um and yeah just had a, a really nice catch up with him it was it was super nice because i i really like mark and i'm mm-hmm. terrible at keeping in touch with people on uh social media and like it's always like a quick message here and there or a a mention in a story or a a, a comment on a um a post or something and i think that just it, it it's easy to forget when you're doing stuff like that that that's not actually um chatting with your friends that's literally just a bit of social media interaction um and i think sometimes it's a bit easy to forget that so yeah it was it was nice um to have that proper kind of interaction with him again um and then yeah spent friday after uh, friday morning setting uh doing the axe class uh with joe joe was leading it um and rather than the normal two days everyone had a day in which to forge uh heat treat sharpen and handle the axes um and then the next day they were spending with uh joe o'leary doing the um learning how to use the axe um so yeah, it was a bit more rushed than it normally would have been, um, but everyone did such a good job. Uh, they had their axes forged out before lunch, um, and like zero like profile grinding needed because everyone like forged to finish. Um, but yeah, it, it was good. Uh, and then Friday afternoon, I had to drive up to Froome and set up for our first and possibly only um market of the year um it was like the the Froome independent market the one that we we've been going to for years mm-hmm. um has uh they did a, a like a summertime night market so starting at five and going on until 10 in the evening uh and we got invited this a much smaller event um but kind of a bit more like a european sort of style market um and it was really nice it was it was horrible like the fact that there were so many people there um because I'm not used to big crowds anymore. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've been around that many people. Um, but everyone was super friendly. Um, got to catch up with a few people, including um, the guy whose name I can't remember, who runs Froom Hardware. Um, but yeah, got to see him and kind of chat with him again. Um, made a few sales, uh, had a lot of fun, caught up with some friends that live around that area. Um, and yeah, it was just nice to kind of get back out into the uh, the the world at large mm-hmm. um and then saturday we had uh, another class which i so i got back about uh, midnight one o'clock on friday night and then was back over to the workshop to unload and help with the second round of classes on saturday um and then left about midday went and got stabbed in the arm um whilst mm-hmm. watching al take an engine apart um which was really fun the only downside of all of that was that I was because we were a little bit stressed on Friday because let's like, say we were trying to cram a lot in into not a lot of time. I managed to um uh, so that a delivery driver turned up with some some stuff he had to drop off and I needed to move the swage block out of the way. Um oh God. <laughs> and being that he was trying to tell me this random story that wasn't particularly interesting or funny, but he was determined that he was going to tell it, I was a little distracted and ended up crushing my pinky between the swage block and the stand and uh i now might be losing my pinky now which is super fun um it looks, it looks got... like a, it looks like a loser yeah okay, it's, it's got that that hue got that, yeah. that bluish hue yeah mm. it's it well it, it's got to the point now where i can almost kind of close it up fully like so this one i can close up like that this one i can get that far how um, heavy is the swage uh i don't know probably like 120 150 kilos something like that um <laughs> but uh but yeah and of course obviously because i i 
crushed my, my finger with it, I kind of jumped back and dropped it on the floor and then had to like pick it up with one finger hanging out and then unload, load and unload the uh, all of the stuff for the market with a bust finger that was just kind of... So I, I, and I had to do a load of striking and it's basically striking like a posh English person drinking tea with my pinky sticking out. It was... <laughs> Like Tim, much... like, like Tim drinking a cup of tea. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, there was much amusement about that. Um, but yeah, it was not fun destroying my finger, uh, which segues perfectly into the topic this month, this week, uh, which is destruction, De deconstruction, destruction. Seek and destroy. The... Are they spelt the same? Destruction, deconstruction. Don't get me started. I've already been down a fucking rabbit hole today of cheesecake sending me on a, like a, a, a linguistic etymology search for whether cake and cook are the same word because no matter what language you go to, they're all yeah suspiciously sim similar. Yeah. So I was like, it's not a cheesecake unless it's fucking cooked, right? Because cake means cook. Yeah, but... In the, in the kuchen, in the koken, it's the same word. Common usage, cheesecake is it's not a cake. Cakes are cooked. Bread. I get what you're saying. All but common usage, cooked. I get what you're saying. Common usage, cheesecake is cheesecake is cheesecake. No. Yeah. Uh, gelatinous creamy flan is not a fucking cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. It's Anything, anything you pour into a circular pan and shove in the freezer for a couple hours nope. is more ice cream than it is. There you go. It's, yeah, a, it's a parfait. You, you don't put it in there the freezer, you, you put it in the fridge. And it's a cheesecake. If you go into any yeah. restaurant in the yeah, land. exactly, because they're lazy. Cake, cheesecake. Cheese, cheese tart. Quack tart. Language evolves. No, it doesn't. Uh, as with everything, People language. No respect. <laughs> Look, if I went around, that's why we're still telling talking everyone just the same as Shakespeare. That something was a cake just because some watery tart told me it was. Well, I didn't Anybody get it. there. <laughs> <laughs> because some moistened bink threw a scimitar uh, at me. <laughs> Ow. Yeah. Uh, seeing as you're already going on a rap about cheesecake, do you want to <laughs> go into the the topic? Seeing Absolutely. As you... But ju just to caveat. Cake and cook, it's just a coincidence. Yeah. Across the world, all the words sound the same in every language, but it's a massive coincidence. Uh, They've probably all got the same, like, base. Well, cake, no, cook, cook, cook comes from cook, as in I am yeah, a cook, yeah. I cook in the kitchen. Kitchen is yeah. also the word for cook in many languages. Cake is a word for a flat bread. So historically, it was like a, yeah. a, a thin baked thing. Anyway, um, it was fucking cooked, regardless. Right. Um, yeah, dest destruction. Uh, it's it's something that's always been near and dear to my heart. Um, I like to break things to find out how they work. I like to take things apart, even if I can't put them back together again. That's more satisfying yeah. than having a working thing. Is having a thing that I understand. Yeah. So I think destruction is a huge part of making and being creative um, and learning as well. I think. I think. This this stems back to kind of stem, pun intended. Um, my science days uh, and engineering, like being told how something works, never really washed with me. Yeah, but breaking something, seeing its component parts, setting something on fire, doing something destructive, where you understand the principles of it. Like I never really understood calories until I crushed mm. up Pringles and burned them and measured the yeah the heat output. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so this, these are filled of calories and I use this calorie to boil water yeah. and that's where, it and I got it. You yeah. know, if you had just told me that somehow uh, chemical energy is stored inside something and I had to just take your word for it. You know, this is, this is what I love about science is that you, yeah. you, you do it. It's, it's, you assume it's wrong until you can prove it's right. So I, I love science. I love, that. I love that about science. Yeah. Um, but that always led me to think of this kind of destructive way of, of problem solving or finding out things. Um, and it's, it's done the same thing. So now creatively, I want to take things apart. I want to rebuild them. I want to cut the head off a dinosaur and stick a baby's arm on the top um, because functionally it works better, but also it yeah. looks funny and cool um, and also teaches me about both things. So I, I like, I like, 
destruction in a creative mm. capacity if that is yeah. a contradiction yeah i mean i because i think it, it works quite nicely for um for for projects as well like it's I, I think i kind of talked about this either last week or the week before but like how easy it is for uh projects to snowball and get out of hand and become massively overcomplicated, and quite often you can you can take an idea and you can deconstruct that idea and go right what is the actual what is the main purpose of this what is the the minimum viable product what what's what's the simplest solution to get this done and then build off of it from there whereas if you start with this massive monolith of an idea um it's very hard to to find ways of compromising around that um but i think like uh just de deconstructing it first um can really help kind of build things back up to a, a, a better final product I remember seeing Brett. You attack the um, camera lens mm. when it was broken. Yes, he dropped it, um, and I'd never done that before. But but that process of of taking apart the thing that was broken to work out how it works and then rebuild it inspired me. And then I took apart all my camera lenses, <laughs> broke them all in the process. Yeah. And, uh, they were all junk anyway. Um, but it it was a it it, it helped teach me the, mm -hmm. the the destructive manner. Of it helped teach me, and it's the same with blacksmithing. So going to a blacksmithing class and seeing a craftsman at work and this is how you do it this is blah 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 it's all well and good but it didn't really teach like, i had to learn the thing that went wrong in order to learn yeah so i had to burn the steel in order to learn that's why it burns and that's how it burns yeah and this is what happens when it burns you know i had to learn that this is what happens if you try and forge cold or if you if you mm. overstress the metal and it breaks yeah, and it's like, it's a bit of a waste of material and a waste of time and a waste of effort, but pushing it to the limit and beyond, yeah, teaches me a hell of a lot more than just getting away with it and winging it and and yeah. and going, oh, it worked first time. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it works first time and you walk away, it's like, have I really learned everything I yeah. need to learn? <laughs> but as I say, because like I I don't think it's a, it's a waste of material because you're learning something from it. Like the 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 first thing that I do with all of the classes now is I give people, like we used to say, like start with a taper or start with making a nail or, or doing whatever. Now for the majority of the classes, I get I give them a random chunk of steel. Um, I will quickly show them how to form a taper, but I basically say, I'm not, I'm not looking for you to form a taper. I want you to hit it really gently and see what that does. I want you to hit it as hard as you can and see what that does. I want you to try hitting it cold. I want you to try hitting it really fucking hot and I want you to burn the steel. Um, like I, I want to see sparks coming off because I want you to see how easy it is to burn it, and also um, what what that actually looks like when when the steel's burning in the fire. Um, and since I've done that, I've had a lot less uh, issues with people burning and hitting it too hot or hitting it too cold because they've they've already gone through that. Whereas if you if you leave it until they naturally do it and they naturally burn the, the end off or they naturally, um, you know, are hitting it too lightly or too softly or whatever, um, it's very hard to get people out of that. Whereas if they go in with the intention of this is just a, a lump of shit, I can destroy it, then they're, they're more inclined to push it to the extremes and know that that's what they're doing. So they're paying attention to what's happening there rather than, Oh, something else has happened outside of my field of thought whilst I've been trying to achieve this other separate goal. Um, so yeah, I think like destructive training is is quite a, a good thing to do. I think um, it's something that gets overlooked quite a lot. It's like going out, like if you're doing your advanced um, driving test or like skid pan training or something like that, like the whole point of that is you drive it beyond the limit so that you can then work backwards from there and figure out... Um, how to recognize those things like some of the best drivers i know uh were the worst drivers i knew when they were younger because you know they were constantly push, pushing their cars too hard um so they then figure out figured out like what not to do whereas some people that are, that were super nervous um never did that so never kind of know how to drive at that limit if, if you know what i mean mm -hmm. i'm I'm finding it um, more and more engaging, or, or I'm just becoming fascinated by uh, the the deconstructive nature of 
this home renovation that I'm doing, you know, like I'm, I'm seeing every single thing that I need to fix or change. And I think initially it was a bit of a bother. I'm like, Oh God, you know, man, if they had done this right, I wouldn't have to fix it. Well, that's not really the point. The point is that I, I want to make it something different, but I need to see how certain things are constructed or, or see the inner guts of my walls to figure out if I'm going to shoot a screw into one of the main copper wires and electrocute myself or where the plumbing is. You know, I, I had no idea how my water lines were running from the main feed into the house and then going throughout it. You know, like I know that the feed was coming from what is effectively the front of the house. And then there was a line that was obviously feeding the shower, which is on the backside of the house, farthest away from the water box. But then there, I also know that there's a line running to the kitchen, which is somewhere in between those two spaces. And if I hadn't knocked through a bunch of the walls, not only would I have not known um, how the system is working, but I, I wouldn't have known whether it was uh, copper pipe or what they use a lot nowadays is this PEX line which thank God they did because I was able to um, go and just get more of that. And I didn't have to sweat any pipes, which is nice. Um, but all of these little things, going back to what I was saying at the beginning, I'm, I'm seeing all of these parts that are like, I have to destroy these. I have to take them apart. I have to redo the exterior of my house because it's falling apart, you know, or this stuff's old. In the same way that we're looking at the technology of the camera lenses or even forging, it's like, yeah, but no one's going to like getting a property and then taking it down to effectively its studs because you might as well just build from scratch. But that's not the point. The point is that I'm getting to see what a constructed, like pretty well constructed cube is made like mm. and then how to optimize it for what I need. and learning everything in the process of like where my wires are, it means that as I take over and really take ownership of this, this space, I I keep doing little sketches of like, this wire is in this wall above, you know, 12 yeah. inches in ceiling or something like that. I get to know how all of that works. I've learned so much about electrical wire, which is yeah. outrageous because the people that actually do it and are certified and, and, really know what they're doing with a more complicated uh, house or <clears throat> building of some sort. It's, it's hilarious how many times I screwed up rewiring like the outlet or this little light that I put in the shower. And I had to just keep destroying areas of sheetrock to get in a little bit further. Cause I'm like, well, where the fuck is the connection? So I'd like chew a little bit more away out of the drywall. And then at a certain point I had to accept that, uh, that destruction and reconstruction to go, I'm going to keep doing this and playing mm -hmm. it safe, like forging, you know, like, Oh, it all worked out. And I guess I won't push it too far. Um, I ended up just cutting a huge section of it out and I was like, right, fuck it. Like I have to fix that now at the end, but here's all of the inner guts and here's everything that I can take apart and take notes on. Um, and it's, it's so, so helpful. And because home renovation is not a thing I've really done before, uh, I, I feel like not only am I getting to learn a lot, but this is this is not rocket science information. It's like there are standards and practices to everything uh, that goes into building have these homes out here. Fuck, yeah. man. It's, it's so helpful for me to just rip shit down and then be like, right, I'll fix it. I know how to fix it. I need to know how it's made. I mean, the guts thing is a really interesting segue because it got me thinking about like you know um heretics who would uh, perform autopsies on bodies you mm. know against the will of god and but but they were finding out stuff you know and and it was had to be done in secret and you'd had to grave rob to get these these bodies yeah. and, and you know do it but they were they were committing sin and destructing destroying things but to find out how things worked yeah um and this this pushing it to the limit and pushing it to the edge until it breaks and then you realize again it's back to kind of science and and i think even the um the make with the um what was the make it kiddie maker thing at maker fair where we did like the challenges with the kids 
whatever uh, they're called. Yeah. Not Make With Makers, but the other one. Yeah. Um, Great British Make Off. That's it. There you go. So th- th- there's this thing where we had to, you had to build a tower mm-hmm. or you had to build a structure that would hold something heavy, like an axe head, for instance. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't who can build the best tower and who can build the most stable tower. And then we test it and it works and it's fine and you win. It was, let's keep testing it until it breaks. Yeah. And whoever's breaks at the highest yield wins. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, I think it was like partly like a lesson to teach the kids, like, don't be precious about stuff. It's the learning experience that's more important than your mm-hmm. tower. Your tower is irrelevant. It's what it can do. Um, but then I, I, I thought back and it's like, this is, this is how this experiment always works. It was never, you know, keep doing the high jump until you knock the bar off. Yeah. Because if you, if you successfully, clear the bar you've not jumped as high as you can jump mm-hmm. so you've got to keep going until it's broken otherwise you're not you're not you're not going far enough basically yeah. is, is what i'm trying to say yeah i mean i think like because you, you raise a good point and that's like the idea of of uh skilled destruction as opposed to because like if you say destruction to someone you instantly think of like going wailing in with a sledgehammer and I mean, don't get me wrong like i i absolutely 100% love being able to just knock the shit into something and destroy it like that's why that you get those um those anger rooms and that where you get to go in and just smash stuff up and that's why the you know the printer scene in office space is so fucking well loved but like i think there is a um there's a difference between like just wailing on something and and actually having this kind of skilled destruction or deconstruction um and like for me i i I know that even with um even if you're knocking down a building like there there are good ways and bad ways of doing it you look at the like the demolition experts where they they'll take down a tower block next to another tower block but they'll set the charges and they'll blow it in such a way that it falls down on top of itself and you know if you if you go onto the the internet you can you can find loads of videos of it and i think the best one is the gif where someone's put googly eyes and waving hands on the mm-hmm. two cooling towers um but like you you know you, 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 yes all they're doing is destroying something and taking it down but even that can be done in a skillful way um and there are there are good ways and bad ways to do to to do stuff like that and and like uh al said like it's a really good way of of learning how something works to be able to take it apart and you know it, it might be a case of like with you know it, an engine or whatever I, I i encouraged joel the other day to to buy an old broken lawnmower um and take it apart not not with the intention of fixing it just so that he could actually see the inner workings of everything and see what each bit did, did. And, you know if, if he goes actually it's just this one thing that's broken i can fix that by doing x y or z great but that's not the point of the exercise. The point of the exercise is just take it apart and and see how things work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like a lot of the make like I I wasn't one of the people that that did that when I was younger, mostly because I'd get a clip around the ear if I took something apart and destroyed it. But I think like there's a lot of people uh, within the community who spent a, a huge amount of their childhood doing just that, just taking stuff apart. Mm-hmm. I think that feeds into the idea of. Uh, constructive criticism which we've talked about plenty of times before but there there is a skilled way of deconstructing something and then i would equate that with the constructive criticism so if Mm. you're going to knock somebody down um destroying things is easy or just throwing out that that negative criticism is super easy much like um and I'll, i'll take this back to the house project i could have technically just gone in with the sledgehammer and just beat the hell out of all the walls that I'm redoing. But I would have, I know for a fact, I would have destroyed the plumbing, the electric lines, the outlet boxes, and one framed wall that I didn't know whether or not it was Mm. supporting anything. Like, if I had just gone in with the sledgehammer, which would have been super fun, and like we definitely see tons of that stuff on the internet, where it's just like, oh, just, I'm doing a house renovation, I'm blowing through the walls. But yeah. how often do you see when somebody, and I don't know if you guys have done this, but I sure did when I was younger. I helped my sister and her husband work on a house. They gave me a sledgehammer and they're like, yeah, just have fun. Swing at a wall because we're going to take it down anyway. It's like, great. 
I didn't have any idea of how studs worked and I <laughs> swung it as hard as I possibly could. And I hit a stud and the hammer just stopped and my hands wrung the rest of the day. You know, it hurt so bad. So this idea of being able to be more surgical, and this is something that I think Alex, uh, our good buddy, Alex has said before, there's a difference between attacking something with a sledgehammer and attacking something with a scalpel. Like, if you look at it with the doctor analogy of like, you, you have to cut through to get to the bad thing and, and do the surgery on the person, but there is such a delicate approach that you know, you're going to be able to bring it back, you know, and, and have the person be sound afterwards. The, the house analogies definitely are starting to make more sense in my head of how that mm. whole surgical approach to things go. I think when it comes to making, um, I, I just have to bring this up as like a possible conversation topic with you guys, but I'm starting to get into this idea that we talked about a few weeks ago, Steve, where like how much of your bathroom project is going to be pre-purchased or pre-made things that you end up just putting in there versus how much you want to try and make yourself. Mm. This, um, on this specific topic, it's less about me buying a thing and just having it be done because it's been purchased and I just drop it into place. I, I'm looking at everything more and more on the deconstructive, uh, in a deconstructive manner, like the little light Bluetooth speaker that I bought. It was super affordable, but all I really want is the Bluetooth speaker out of it. And I wanted it to be able to be hardwired into my house wiring. Yeah. And I searched around for weeks to find if I could just find a, a Bluetooth speaker that would connect to your phone and like. For the life of me, I couldn't find just one, like it wires into your house. Yeah. And it attached, uh, you know, your Bluetooth. I couldn't find one. So then I find this fan that's for the bathroom. It's a fan light speaker combo. And I'm like, all I want is the speaker. So I'm going to rip the guts out of it and wire in everything that I need to. And then just, <clears throat> it's got a cover on it. I'll make a new little cover out of metal yeah. that'll look more like my aesthetic anyways doesn't need the fan i'll rip that out of it but it was so affordable that it's not going to hurt my feelings to take a few parts out of it and not use yeah. them because i'm really just buying it to see how it worked similar yeah. to you suggesting the the lawnmower engine um and it's the same thing for sinks and like faucet hardware and all these other things it's like i really want this specific thing but i'm not going to make a shower head by hand and make sure that all the bushings are correct and the o-rings and all of the sealants and things so what can i do with the pre-bot deconstruct it a little bit but make sure it still works and serves its yeah. function at the end of the day this deconstructive nature is just starting to find its way into almost everything that i'm doing yeah i mean yeah. Uh, just thinking about the um stevie talking about it not being um a waste of materials i think is really interesting and and going back to the, the sort of demo guys tearing down a house yeah brett mm. take a sledgehammer or something it's just going to bounce right off because it's been built to design stresses but if you tactically go out with a crowbar instead and know exactly where to lever and know exactly what's going to come down if you take that one screw out you know on the whole wall topples because you've, you've you've worked it out and you, you, yeah you're experienced um that then almost becomes an exercise in salvaging materials like i don't know how sustainable the demo industry is but if you think of like stripping stuff down yeah you could smash it all down with a bulldozer and take it in a skip mm -hmm. or if you tactically take it down it's like that's my wood for recycling that's yeah. my, all my copper pipes and my you know all all the kind of recyclable metals and stuff and spend that little bit of extra time being destructive in a constructive way <laughs> you know mm -hmm. and, and you could almost you could almost come out of it better than you started oh, yeah. yeah so destruction sure. doesn't always have to be um a loss yeah and i think like um to kind of expand a little bit on on what brett was saying about the the scalpel versus the sledgehammer technique like i 100 agree and get what you're saying but at the same time there are some people that are going to do more damage with a scalpel than they would with a sledgehammer like oh yeah <laughs> It's, that's that's good yeah like it yeah you know, if if you've got someone that's well trained with a sledgehammer that knows what they're doing they're you know they're, they're gonna be able to just go uh whereas someone with a scalpel that has no idea they're just gonna go stab 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 
And that, you know, that, that's like the, bad. the Kill Bill line where she's like, not that I need to be surgical yeah. from this yeah. distance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, I think it, it's also a, th- a kind of a case of, of knowing, um, not, I don't want to say knowing your limitations, but knowing like where, where you excel and what your, your kind of skill base is and being able to use that for this, this deconstruction stuff. So for me, like I know full well that if I, if I take something apart and don't put it back together, it's, it's going to frustrate me and annoy me. Whereas if I take something apart and put it back together and it's, it works, then, you know, that, that's great. So I kind of, I, I tend to, if I'm just taking something apart because I want to see how it works, I'm not going to take something apart that's, that's already working. I'm going to take something apart that is already fucked because I, um, I don't want to end up blaming myself for the fact that it's no longer working. So I'm, you know, I don't want to destroy, like, I know we were talking about the, um, the, the not being a waste of materials if you learn that lesson, but at the same time, if, if I take something that is still useful, even if it's not necessarily useful to me and destroy it, then even if I've learned a lesson, I'm still going to get frustrated at myself for destroying something that was once useful. Um, so generally I only tend to do that with stuff that's already broken. And then once I've done that with with one, I'm like, okay, well, I see how that that all works now. So I, I think next time I probably could put it together. Same with like engines. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dismantle um, the the V8 on the the Land Rover on the Strange Rover unless I know that it's fucked. Um, and if it's it's fucked and it needs rebuilding anyway, then yeah, all right, I might take it apart. And if I can get it working and get it back together, great. If not, nothing's lost because I was gonna have to buy a new one anyway. Um, so yeah, I think like. It's 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 very easy to get all excited about this sort of uh, conversation, this sort of topic, and just go ahead and go. Oh, I'm going to destroy everything, and then you end up going, "Oh fuck! I've I've ruined a load of stuff, and now I don't know what to do." I mean, the um, the you know, take the brothers' cake for instance. You know, they're yeah. they're destroying what used to be a useful plastic milk yeah. vessel and burning it and melting it and, and and crunching it up and smashing it up. But the outcome is an entirely new thing with more value yeah. than the thing originally. You yeah. know, the pallet wood guys who are like smashing up yeah. pallets that were functional and purposeful and then turning them into, I don't know, shot glasses um, <laughs> or, or Reddit votes. I don't know how that works. Um, but yeah, the, the, the idea that, that, that I think there's a, there's a wonderful chaos in creativity as well that mm. the destruction brings. That if, you, if, if everything is formulaic and everything is set out and well-planned, it's like, yeah, that's nice. But you know, where's the where's the intrigue? Where's the where's the madness? Where's the the the, the comedy value in in, yeah. in the mistakes and the upsets and and the beautiful blonde eyebrows? <laughs> um, yeah, yes, that that as well. Which I love the fact that nobody else is going to get that. Um, but yeah, like I think um, as like to kind of expand on that, like there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of people that that. Uh, that don't necessarily want to take stuff apart, but it, let's say if something's broken, then you look at like how a lot of the stuff that Jimmy does and a lot of stuff that Laura does and a lot of stuff that so many people within the community do where they take something and they take it apart just to get at one specific thing and then use that in something else. Like, um, fuck, uh, his name's gone. Uh, refuse, reuse, reuse, refuse, refuse. Um, yes. Um, like Peterson. Yeah. Peterson. Like, Peterson. Uh, the like the the stuff that he does with like the ray guns and that where he's taking something and he's he's deconstructing it to create something fucking amazing and fucking cool because he's seen he's seen something um individual inside of something that was that was a whole piece um and i think like getting used to deconstructing things and taking things apart and destroying things like it gives you that that perspective and being able to see the wonderful things that are contained within things. And that is spiffing. People that we think that are spiffing. Okay, what's the order? Saab, like a 9,000 turbo. Ooh, I love it. Uh, so I am first, and I'm going to go with complete respiff um, because I'm unimaginative and awful. Um, yes, this is a complete respiff. 
but um, well deserved. So I'm going to spiff uh, Tanda Madison just because um, in a recent post she was putting up that uh, basically getting the car um, like rather than doing it at home and uh, she took the car into like a American quick fit. And they absolutely destroyed the oil filter, the plastic surround, and everything else. And I made it go, well, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself in future because you guys Ooh. are shit. Someone else's destruction. I like that. Yes. Nice. So someone else using someone else's destruction to inspire you to just do it yourself in future because other people are dicks. Um, but yeah, no, I, um, I've uh, fortunately had... like. I don't know if you guys get the same, but I get like so often um, I just won't see posts from people that I follow for ages and ages and ages. And I'm never sure if it's just the fact that they haven't posted or that Instagram is doing its thing where it's like, no, we're going to make you look at this person because they've given us money to show you their things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Satanda's stuff like hasn't been coming up for a little while. Uh, so it was quite nice to see. Uh, some posts again, and this one just happened to be about an oil filter. And seeing as Al and myself are very into the car thing at the moment, it seemed quite uh, what's the word? Apt. Apt. It seemed quite apt. Thank you very much. Um, yes. So the next one is Al because it's Saab, like the car. I often wondered if apt was just an abbreviation for appropriate. I never got I never got far enough down a, an etymology rabbit hole. Um I've got a spiff. It's gonna take us down memory lane, this spiff. So you remember everyone's favorite angry Scotchman um up on the, the skirts of Logoyle Head, uh crafting beautiful artisanal furniture mm-hmm. from the, the, the privacy of his own angry house. Um Mr. Neil McKinley used to have a podcast called The Beard Project, which was great. And I think it was one of his mates. And I think they used to go into Glasgow City Centre and record in the studio. I might be making that up. But it was very good. And they had a really nice format. They just used to have topics every day and read out off a sheet. It worked great. I think that died of death. I don't know why. Um, But recently, he's just appeared out of nowhere on another podcast, which is called Social Media Ruins Everything. And... They did their first live stream on, I think, Thursday night. Ooh. Um, and it was just a joy to watch. It was very much just kind of banter, like pub 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 chat. But they were, they were talking about sort of current stuff and references and just social media and how stupid and crazy it is. But it was the video stream, so they were bringing up like um, references as they were talking about them. Yeah. So similar to what Brett does on this, but actually with the visuals, so people can actually make sense of what he's talking about. Um, and it was just really fun. And it was the same kind of like format as Makers used to be, and it was the, yeah. the live chat, and people were just nice. jumping in and stuff. Um, and he's doing it with a gentleman called Mark, who goes by the handle The Scottish Content Creator. So he's on Instagram, he's on YouTube, he's kind of new to it not in a condescending way he's just got he's only got a few posts yeah um it, i think it's like a month ago he started doing like tech reviews uh the shot really nice he knows what he's talking about um but he's just got that same kind of dry scottish droll um says it how it is yeah knows what he's talking about and does it with a sense of humor and charm so i would check out the scottish content scottish content creator first but then if you can go to uh, social media ruins everything um, and check out their ne- maybe their next live stream. Yeah. I think they've got two or three episodes in the bag already, but I think the live was the one that yeah. was fun. Is it um, a, like a weekly live stream or is it like a I think so, yeah. So I, th- I, think if, I think they're on YouTube and they've got like three or four episodes yeah. um, already. Nice. Uh, yeah, but just, just yeah, that's Sweet. it. Good shout, man. Go for it. Uh Cool. Yes. It basically, uh, if if Neil's Instagram stories are not enough for you, yeah, you can now get an hour's worth of, of, <laughs> of podcast glory from him every week. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I might actually have to give that. Uh, do you know if that if it's the blah, 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 uh, if it's 
if it's coming out as an audio one or if it's just the YouTube as well? Both. It's some sort of bizarre feed. Yeah. I'll put it all in the shows. They're Sweet. on some website. Probably the usual scenario. Don't want to pay for yeah. uh, hosting, uh, so you can find it somewhere. It will be on one of your many podcast apps. Cool. Um, if not, it's on YouTube. Nice, nice one. Uh, Brett, what about you? Right. So, if anybody has been following over the last couple of weeks, I have a couple of big, beautiful, ancient fossils to. Um, start figuring out what I want to do to display these fantastic pieces of history. And while I've been doing research and just looking around for, uh, I don't know, inspiration or at least just information, um, I stumbled upon PBS Eons. And it's, it is not a small channel by any means on YouTube, but it's, it's just kind of bite-sized videos on um, a lot of, I don't know, ancient history, mostly animals, but I don't know. It's like going into a natural history museum yeah. and you're just getting these like 10 minute little vignettes on everything. Um, where are all the squid fossils was a, was a fun <laughs> video to watch. Um, but I'm looking through at things about, you know, whales or specifically for this mammoth tusk, because I just want to know, I feel like I can't. Um, approach a nice uh, contextual display if I don't have context or information. So I've been watching this PBS Eons thing just in the background and I've been letting it autoplay because it's just a bunch of little bite-sized information about natural history. Uh, I don't know if anybody else is as keen on that as I am, but it's been quite enjoyable. Nice. So Absolutely. Sounds great. PBS Eons. Is it what, sorry, is it like short form, Brett, or like big, long... Like uh, documentaries uh, or eight, eight no, minutes like video? eight oh, to nice. ten minutes long, um, yeah, and and usually just on one thing, so it's not going to explain the history of mammals <laughs> to you. The sorry, I just laughed because uh, there's one one video is titled "How Weasels Got Skinny." <laughs> they really did, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. Good shout. Thank nice. you. Uh, right. Is there any other business from YouTube? Yes. Not for me. No? Okay. Al? No. Are you Squid sure? Suspiciously. Yeah. Did you forget it again? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. I did. I did. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to publicly shame you, but I'm going to publicly shame you. Change. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Um, there's nothing else for me. Um, I don't think. I I think there is actually, but I think I've forgotten it as well because I'm also fucking useless. Um, but yeah, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at apparently Moon Pie Tea Works. Thanks, Honor. You bell end. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you can find Brett at Skull and Spade thirteen, and you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Hack Shack. There we go. Uh, if you want to find us as a group you can find us in all of the places at FWT Podcast or Fools With Tools uh, put one of those in uh, if it doesn't work put the other one in yeah that's it um, so thank you all for joining us it's, it's been it's been fun um, and we'll, we'll see you next time we love you bye put one of those in and if it doesn't work put the other one in <laughs>